Hello, beautiful women, and welcome to the Claimed Podcast. I'm Anna Rova, your host, and let me tell you a little bit about myself if you're new to the podcast. I'm a femininity and feminine embodiment coach, and I run a very powerful program for single successful women who want to attract and keep committed masculine men or women who are already in relationships but want to change that feminine masculine polarity in their relationship. Okay, claimed listeners and claimed fans and followers. Today, I have a very special woman with me today. Her, her name is Laura. She's calling from New York and um, she's been working with me and with us in the claim program. So she's here with us today to share her story, to share the process and just share the results that she had during this journey. Laura, welcome. Super humbled and very grateful that you're here. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I've watched so many of these with other claimed members. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, awesome. And I know it takes courage, you know, and, and bravery and a lot of vulnerability for you to be here. So I really, really appreciate it. Yeah. All right. Well, let's begin. So let's start, Laura, with what actually, you know, how did you find my work and what actually brought you, you know, to watch the webinar, let's say, and then sign up for the discovery call? Because for a lot of women, I don't know how you got to the webinar. So tell us actually your situation before we start working together, how you came to know about my work and all of that. Sure. Yeah. So I like to think that the universe kind of brought this <laughs> to be because I hadn't heard about your work. I was, it was the summer of 2020. So recently, Mm-hmm. And I felt like overwhelmed for a while. I was on work mode. I work full time. I felt like I was on autopilot and I was doing a ton of work and I felt productive. And I think I was kind of numbing out a bit because I felt like as long as I'm productive, I can keep going and I don't have to take a breath. But there was a point that I had to take a breath. And I almost reached a breaking point because I felt like I felt a lot of blockage in honestly, in my, in my heart space and in my chest. And I hadn't even really known what that meant, but I knew that I felt it. And I knew that, you know, I had been into yoga for years. I'd been into meditation. I was already kind of on my self-help improvement, spiritual journey. Although the materials I think I interacted with were more focused on career and focused on, you know, you can have whatever you want type thing. Mm Mm-hmm. One day in my apartment, I literally decided to just get out. I rented an Airbnb, like literally five minutes away from where I live, but I had roommates. So I was like, I need to be alone. I need to figure also my period was coming. So I was like, okay, this is real. I need to go somewhere and, you know, (laughs) figure things out. So I just remember very clearly I was walking around. I was like, I don't know what to do. I didn't want to do yoga. I didn't want to do meditation. I was like, all of those things seem like I'm, I'm ignoring something very present and I didn't know how to handle it. And I got back to my apartment after a couple of days of being away. And one of my roommates and I, because of the pandemic, we had kind of been, you know, back and forth from where our parents lived to where we lived in the city. And she and I just kind of struck up a conversation and we hadn't really talked on a deep level, but she and I kind of got into it about, we had both recently broken up with people and, 
I was kind of like, you know what? I hate to say it. You know, I'm independent. I'm happy. Like, I love my life. I think I'm great. But I just, I hate to say it, but like, where the fuck is he? I'm sorry. Am I allowed to curse on this? Yes, please. (laughs) So where the fuck is he? He's where the story starts. (laughs) Right. I was like, I hate to admit that I'm looking at my watch, but I'm looking at my watch. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, and she, she is, um, yeah, she was in the same boat. She had broken up with her boyfriend. She was longer with him than I was with mine. And she was like, have you, I, we got to talking. She was like, have you heard of feminine embodiment? And I was like, no. Um, because also I had actually gotten into a practice of, I would turn up the radio and I would just dance in my room. And I felt that that was really fun. I didn't necessarily know why I didn't read into it, but I was like, yeah, you know what? Let's do it. It's not a yoga class. It's not a dance class. It's not a class. It's not structured. So I liked it. And she was like, have you heard of feminine embodiment? And I was like, no. She's like, well, there's this woman, Anna Rova, who I think you might, you might connect with once with some of what she says. And I was like, okay, she sent me your podcast. She sent me your articles on medium and literally, and like I read, I think probably a sentence or two. And I was like, how does she know? (laughs) know? I have had so much trouble summarizing the experience Mm. that I've had with men because I kind of felt there was no connection between relationships I've had. There was no common thread and that was hard to figure out. But you wrote something about how many women find themselves either dating feminine men or assholes. And I was like, whoa, that sums it up. That is exactly what I've been experiencing. So mm-hmm. I, you know, through that, I found your discovery call and I was like, I'm ready to do this. Nobody had put into words exactly what I was feeling until I read your articles. Yeah. Wow. So it's really interesting how for you, the journey started with, you know, feeling that overwhelm and breaking point kind of your, you say that like your career, something was happening, but you weren't sure what. And then of course the men all of the stuff with the men came into the picture. So something was off and you said, you know, blockage. And you said, you know, I'm ignoring something very present. And then, yeah. And thank you, friend of Laura, if you're listening to us for telling her about (laughs) me and my work. Yeah. And then you resonated. Yeah. It's really interesting how, you know, so many women, it's, I mean, this subject is so vast, right? There's so many avenues here. And like, how do you actually put it all together Especially, you know, as a modern woman today where you are independent and you are brilliant and you are smart and everything is supposed to be working for you, right? But then something is off. And a lot of the times you don't know what it is until you actually see it put together or, you know, you read it in sentence or whatever. Okay. And so, and you were attracting either feminine men or assholes, I suppose. So you found yourself in that, in the description. Yeah. And so tell me what happened on the discovery call. Like, tell me what happened there. And then why did you decide to invest in yourself and sign up and do this? Yes. I had signed up for the discovery call. I was very confident about that. I had my call with Jennifer and she's great. And Mm -hmm. we had talked a bit, you know, she asked me about my experiences and about what I wanted And honestly, it's probably the first time ever, now that I think about it, (laughs) that I've ever told anybody what I want, that I want a committed masculine man, in your words. And, you know, it's just something, but not even before a committed relationship, 
I really just wanted to date quality men. I wanted to know that there's men out there because I knew that on a level, but I didn't feel that because I hadn't experienced it. And that was something that I just couldn't wrap my head around. And Jennifer had told me, you know, she looked me in the, well, it was a Zoom call. She looked me in the computer (laughs) and she was like, I just want you to know that's something you can have. You can have that. And I remember how I felt when she said that because I, I knew, you know, my mind was like, yeah, you can totally have that, you know, but I didn't feel it. And it was this kind of disconnect that I've experienced a lot recently where it's like, I know I should feel this way or I should feel that, but it just didn't connect. And I even told her, I was like, I hear you a hundred percent. And I do want to believe that, but I don't know if I can totally believe that right now. And that's kind of what brought me, you know, to the course. And when she explained kind of what you guys do, I was very on board with it. I will say I was a little hesitant because I hadn't, I really hadn't done any coaching before. And Mm -hmm. I think that's where my hesitation was. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't really tell her, you know, I have to think about it. I I signed up on the spot. So there was a part of me that was very much like, do it, just do it. (laughs) Don't think about it. Yeah. (laughs) So I did it. And then, you know, even that night I was kind of lying in bed, like, what did I I do? What did I sign Uh. up for? (laughs) So I, I was, you know, I had my doubts, but yeah, after the discovery call, I mean, the first call that I jumped on with the group was actually that monthly 45-minute flow uh-huh. that you do with the group. And I think it was actually the day after my discovery call. It was There was really no time in between. So I hopped on the call. And you had said it's not like the usual format that once a month you guys do a 45-minute flow. And when I started flowing, I started crying, maybe like two minutes into it. I started crying Mm -hmm. and I didn't know why, but I just, I just cried. (laughs) I was Mm -hmm. crying a lot. And after the call, you know, we all check in and you had asked if anyone wanted to share. And I kind of said, you know, I'm really, I'm crying and I'm not sure if I'm supposed to know why. And you had said something that still resonates with me to this day. And we talk about it a lot that it's the stories we're not so concerned about. And I had been concerned about the stories. I mm. had been, you know, we always look to tell ourselves story. I always look to tell myself the story to make sense of it, to say, why are you sad? Because then you can fix it. Mm. And, you know, it's, it's also very controlling now that I hear it myself saying it, you know, it's always mm-hmm. very like, let's get this done. Let's almost masculine in a way. It's like, mm. let's fix it. Let's get it done. Let's achieve. And you had said the story doesn't matter as long as you're releasing. And so after that call ended, I cried for about like almost two hours. I was, it was pouring out of me and it was everything that I had needed because when I felt that blockage, I couldn't cry. When I felt that numbness, I couldn't do anything. I was just like floating through my life. And when I was able to cry, I remember I, after that first call with the group, I just kind of took a walk outside Normally, my routine at that point was work all day, work extra hours, maybe watch Netflix and then go to bed and maybe like drink something, wine, whatever. But that night, I just I didn't drink anything. I didn't eat anything. Well, I had dinner, but I wasn't like stress eating. I went outside. I looked at the moon. I was walking around after having just cried for two hours. And then I went to bed 
And it was the most peaceful thing I had had in all year, definitely, probably longer than that. It was amazing. It was nothing like I've experienced before. So that reassured me, you know, reassured those doubts of what am I doing here? Mm -hmm. I was like, all right, you're going to trust this process because this is something you needed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, beautiful. I'm going to comment on that flow thing because I think the listeners or those who are watching us are um, curious about what the hell are you talking about, Laura? 45 minute what? Flow what? You know, but I want to rewind a little bit and talk about that moment of doubt that you had. Like, not doubt, but I guess hesitancy. Don't know what to expect, but you still went for it, right? Because we get a lot of women on the calls who have the doubt but don't go for it, right? And it's very hard to kind of discern, is that like we, you know, a lot of the times, like I'm on a call with a woman or somebody from my team, like Jennifer or somebody else, we're on with a woman on a call and we know this is exactly what she needs. And of course, there's doubts with anything. Like you don't know what's that experience, right? Like what to expect. But then most of the times what I found in my experience is that it's that moment of, oh my God, what am I doing? You know, it's, it's the fear that is it going to work for me and all of that. And in your case, I'm obviously so grateful and humbled and I wish more women could just trust the residents. So I'm curious in your case, Laura, how did you, why did you go for it? Even though you had a little bit of doubt, you had a little, a little bit of hesitancy. That's a good question. I think what comes to me is that I had never spoken with anyone about that deep desire that I had in, you know, for a relationship mm. and nobody had ever spoken to me about how that desire comes from me. It comes from work that I do with myself. And I think the discovery call kind of emphasized that for me. And it was this intimate conversation and I feel like now, especially as of 2020, Zoom calls are just like, you know, every day. It's like with work or with whatever, we're always doing video calls. So I was very like, all right, I'll hop on another one, see what this is about. And then it was like, oh, wait, we're actually talking about real stuff. <laughs> like, this is, this is my life. Like, this is about what I want and why I don't think I can have it and why there's a flaw in why I don't think I can have it because I can have it. And I think that moment with Jennifer where I just felt that disconnect between her telling me I can have it and me thinking, why don't I think I can have it? There was just something deep about that. And I think at the point where, you know, in my own journey with reading and my self-help had been sort of just reading a lot and maybe talking to certain people about it, but it was always a one-sided conversation because I didn't know that anybody else I speak to was, they weren't reading what I was reading. They weren't absorbing what I was absorbing. So it's like that idea of having a community, I really took for granted. And I mean, I've heard that with everything, going to the gym, it's good to have a gym buddy or doing anything. It's good to have somebody that is also going through that because they know and you're accountable. And I felt like, well, this is a big enough gap in my life and in my understanding that I want people around me who understand it, who get it. And signing up for this would mean that I'm holding myself accountable and not just blowing it off. Mm -hmm. So I had reached a point where I wasn't going to tell myself, oh, you'll figure it out. You know, I, I was like, no, I think you'll figure it out, but you'll have the resources and the people to help you get there. So I think that was it too. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, beautiful. I think it's so interesting how when we have these conversations on the discovery call, so many women are just afraid to voice what they want, you know, that the committed masculine man, which translates into, okay, I want to be with a man who's in his masculine energy, you know, who leads, who plays that protector provider kind of a role. Obviously, there's just labels, but, you know, that deep desire of most women, because we are feminine essence and the reasons behind this are, you know, evolutionary psychology and biology and all of this. Most women want to be ravished. You know, they, we want to be taken. We want to be taken care of. Uh, we want to surrender. We want to let go of control. And so many women just deny that deep longing and desire because of all of these different factors. You know, I'm an independent woman and like, that's what I call the lie of female success. And it's fascinating what's happening today. And that's why when I I saw this trend I'm like hang on a second this is really strange you know the more women get successful and the more they do 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 the more unhappy they become in relationships with men or the men that were attracted obviously that affects men too because then men are like all right I guess she's leading now but that's not what we want you know so anyways there's so many layers there uh, but I think that what you described you know just articulating that desire and even you know in the program we talk a lot about Give yourself permission to want what you want, you know, like voice it out. Because in some circles today, actually a lot, I mean, I don't know if you can walk around New York or post it on social media and say, hello, I'm a feminine essence woman. I want to be taken care of, you know, <laughs> it's so strange what's happening. Yeah. And it's like a denial of a really deep longing and a, and a desire that most women have. So I'm glad you listened to that, Laura, and you took the jump. And then obviously you came to that 45 yeah, <laughs> you came to that 45-minute flow. So before we talk about, like, what were the, your major aha moments in this journey? I mean, obviously, your aha moment was, like, right from the beginning, the second day you came to that flow. So I'm thinking instead of me, because you've gone through, I mean, I know you're actually only in the middle of the program, right? You haven't even finished it yet. Yes. So I, I'm in, no, I'm in module three. I've really yeah. taken my time with it. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. And you kind of asked me, oh, you know, should I finish the program first and get on this call? And I said, no, because, you know, if you're here and you're seeing amazing results, and that's what we actually see in a lot of women, as soon as you start doing your flow, as soon as you start practicing, and it's just, just shifting and transforming, that can happen to you in the first two weeks, but you'd happen like the next day, you know, your first aha moment. So, and the journey just continues and moves forward. So from everything you know now, Laura, and I know you've obviously you've done a lot of work already, Instead of me explaining what happened in that 45 minutes and why did you cry for two hours and blocked in an amnesty, how would you describe it? Like, what do you think happened and what are the reasons there and why do you think this practice of feminine embodiment, which is feminine flow, has been so, I guess, beneficial and transformational for you? Yeah. You know, for me, it's all about letting go, which is something that I try to emphasize to myself since I started the program, which I didn't know that I needed to. And throughout my life, people, those who are closest to me have always said, you're too hard on yourself. And I always felt like, no, I'm not. I just want things a certain way, or I just want to get to this point or whatever. Um, but during my first call with the group, when we had just, you know, flowed and I'm, yeah, I've always kind of been like, let's, let's go for it. Let's try it. But this is the first time that I've actually been overwhelmed by the results of that. Usually I'm just like, Oh, I'll try anything once I'm, you know, open like that. But this is the only thing that opened me back. If that makes sense. 
like I felt like I was open to things and then this happened and you know I started moving and I I've always loved movement I grew up dancing and I I still like again I'll turn on the radio and just dance and I always found some freedom in that but with this it was like I don't know I think it was the combination of the intention and the movement and it wasn't like I had a certain intention, like I, you know, want to get this out of this. It was actually maybe the lack of intention. I don't even know, but it was sort of mm-hmm. the openness to being in the moment and moving consciously. Mm-hmm. And I remember a very specific moment that I had at the time. I, you know, I live in New York and I had two roommates. So my room was pretty small <laughs> and I kind of on my back, like laying down. And I had my arms kind of under my bed. And I remember letting go. And my arms were like kind of straining, like I was grabbing onto the bed. And I was like letting go. I was releasing just my arms from, because I realized how tense I was. Mm-hmm. And it's not like anyone instructed me to do that, or even I didn't instruct my, it just kind of happened. And I started crying at that moment because for me, it was a moment of, you don't have to hold on that hard. And it's weird because I don't know why it happened then or, you know, anything, but it was like almost a sign to me. Like it was telling me you've been holding on really hard. Mm -hmm. You've been holding up this bed or this life or this world. You don't have to do that. Mm -hmm. And for me, that's when I started crying at that point because I was like, Oh my God. And it's scary to let go. It's scary (laughs) because you're like, I felt like I was holding everything together. What happens if I don't mm. hold it together? So it was my the beginning of my journey of just trusting and not controlling. Right. And that's something that, you know, just began that day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think I think what you're beautiful, I think what you're describing, Laura, is like so many women I know listening to this will resonate and I resonate with this because he, this is where I was. And there's a sense, you know, for so many women, like we have to control and we have to hold it all together. And the weight of the world is on our shoulders. And there's all these, and like I write about it a lot. And, you know, I talk about it on the podcast. There's this sense of like, we have to fulfill all these different roles today. You know, we have to play in the masculine, we have to play in the feminine, and there's the mother and the wife and the girlfriend and, you know, body has to look good and everything. And so we're constantly multitasking, constantly in our head. And it's like this cycle of never stopping because you can't. And yeah, exactly. The biggest fear is like, what happens if I don't hold it together, you know, because if I don't like who will, you know, if I don't do this, then who will? And so then, of course, you know, when men are around us, we do not know how to let go. We do not know how to step, you know, to lean back and allow him to do stuff for us. So it's fascinating how you're saying that, because I think this is where feminine embodiment really comes in. You know, your friend told you about this and you're like, ah, oh, you know, and obviously as, as you go through the program, you have a day-to-day practice and that 45 minute is obviously a deep dive, but it's all about, especially in women to release that. That's what happens when we start working together through our practice. It's releasing that frozen tension. Like you said, tension holding on a lot of times it's like even physically gripping you know and we don't even realize it consciously because we're like mechanically doing working and doing 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 so it's that moment of pause and slowing down and as you said you know there's intention 
there is a release. So a lot, a lot of release when you move consciously through this practice. So yeah, you described it beautifully. Thank you. And yeah, you don't have to hold on that hard because those limitations or I guess expectations, it's us who are putting all of this, you know, we have to prove everything to everyone, whatever. And all of these are just stories and lies, really, that we tell ourselves. And obviously that affects, you know, the men that we're attracting in our lives and how do we sustain that relationship. And of course, if you're tense and constantly on the go and, you know, trying to hold it all together, you go to dates with these men and they feel it, you know, like there's resonance there. And when you're with a woman like that, the guy's like, all right, <laughs> like he's not sure what's happening. He kind of likes you. And then it's like this weird dynamic where instead, if we'll learn to let go and release, then we can soften up a lot and you can come up on a date with a man just being in your flow and being your feminine and playful and allow him to hold that space for you. I mean, I always, you know, on the calls, we talk about what a gift to to, to know how to actually let go and surrender and play and to come up with a man on a date without a question of like, oh my God, how do I hold him in this together? How do I make sure he calls me back? And where is this going? And, da, da, da. and yeah. the whole story of in your head. <laughs> but instead of just like, you know, showing up and being like, hello, what's happening? You know, and letting him lead the whole thing forward. So, yeah. Hi, girlfriends. Sorry to interrupt uh, your listening to the episode, but I quickly wanted to jump in and let you know that I have prepared something exciting for you. If you're interested in polarity, femininity, and how to embrace your feminine and how to attract primarily masculine men in your life, this announcement is going to be very useful for you because I'm talking about my signature uh, training. Uh, I'm like, how do I describe this experience? Because it's really an experience, you know. This is a signature training, my one-hour webinar that I've put together. And it honestly, it's it's been through a few iterations in the last two years. But I feel like this is the best yet training of mine that didn't come from, you know, reading two books and three courses and like coming together in a copy-paste thing that I now advise women to do. No, this has come from me, my own lived experience through my dating life and through finding and attracting the masculine men of my dreams and then marrying him and creating a family. This also came, yes, indeed, from a lot of research and learning and courses and coaches and oh my God, you name it. You know, it's been a, it's been a journey of five years for me about that time. And also this has come from my clients. So the previous training, how is this different if you've signed up for another training of mine? which was the lie of female success, by the way. This is different because this is now coming through a distillation of my work one-on-one -on -one with women who I've helped get to that place where they're just attracting better men and they start attracting better masculine men and are on their way to actually to a relationship eventually. Not only masculine, but also masculine committed men. So if you are in a situation where you're attracting men that are less than desirable, let's say they're feminine men who don't want to lead, don't want to take charge, and men who are unavailable, then this training is for you. I will have to call all this training, how to start attracting your masculine committed men, basically in 30 days or less. And in this training, I will share with you some of the key things that I've learned throughout this journey that are helping. That's what my work with women is based on. So in this 60-minute training, you'll find 
the number one reason why you're still single and can't attract a committed masculine man. It's not what you think. How to break through the patterns of attracting unavailable or feminine men, as I said, and find your blind spot so you can attract the men you want. How to master the feminine masculine polarity so you start feeling taken care of, claimed, and finally be able to let go of control and uncover the lie of female success that's keeping you stuck, exhausted, and unfulfilled, which means in masculine energy all the time. So you can start living in freedom and joy and much, much more. So if you're interested, go to girlskill.com slash sign up and I can't wait for you to see this training and to let me know how it went and by the way there's no replays for this so make sure you select the time that you can show up and be fully present all right I'm gonna jump off and you continue listening to this episode well did, did any of this happen for you Laura so let's move on into what were your biggest aha moments and obviously you're just in the middle of the program but I know you've done a lot of work you've already seen great results so tell us more about what were some of the aha moments as you went through this journey yeah sure so my first one and I think for me the most important one was um, something that I had again I, I think the universe kind of gradually guided me here because I was on the verge of this breakthrough. And then I think claimed came into my life. And then I was like, Oh, yeah, that's what I was trying to get to. The number one thing for me was, my goals in life were career goals. My goals for myself were almost checking boxes. I'm a creative person. And I, you know, I love to write and I got a job eventually as an editor, which I still have, which I like. But for me, it always was, what's the next level there? Where can I go next? And one day I just kind of thought to myself, what happens if you achieve everything you want to in life, career-wise, even, you know, marrying, whatever, having, it just felt to me like the checking boxes thing, I didn't realize I was that kind of person until claimed. And I think one of my first posts in the group led me to this because you had, you answered me with like a video and I was like, oh yes, Anna's like Give me a video. This is awesome. Oh my God. <laughs> and um, it's, it's so exciting when you answer with videos because I'm like, oh, this is going to be good. <laughs> so I had started to flow on my own. And because I had such a profound kind of release in my first flow with the call, and I was crying for two hours, and I felt like looking at the moon, I was a new person. And I felt like that's going to be it every time. That's like, it's going to be the same. I'm going to be like enlightened. <laughs> every single time. And so when I started to do it on my own, I was like, where's the emotion, Laura? Come on. Like, where's the tears? <laughs> like, mm. Let's do this. Let's get it out. And, and so I wrote about that in the group, in the Facebook group. And I was like, you know, I almost feel like where, where's the good stuff. And then you had said, I forget your exact words, but you said, it's, it's not a checking boxes kind of thing. It's mm -hmm. not, okay, I flowed done today. What's next? Like got the emotions out done. What's next? And I, I read that. And at first I was like, I'm not a checking boxes kind of hurt. And then I was like, Oh yeah. I'm an, uh, <laughs> like, as I thought about it more, I'm like, yeah, that's, that's exactly what I was trying to do. And it, it's funny because I realized I was putting pressure on myself to do something that should be absolutely no pressure. And that was eye opening for me where I was like, you signed up for this program because you don't want to be hard on yourself anymore. You no longer want to, you, know, you kind of want to surrender. You just want to let the good things in the world come to you and, and no longer feel like you can't have them. 
And then my first day of doing my own practice, I was like, all right, Laura, what's up? Let's do this. Why aren't you, you know, having this revolutionary moment? And, and that was eye opening. When I look back on it, I'm like, Laura, come on. <laughs> like, that's a lot of pressure. And that was actually the first time that I felt like I, what people had been telling me my whole life, you're so hard on yourself kind of resonated. I was like, Oh yeah, I can see that. Because even in the things that are supposed to be liberating, I felt like, well, where's the liberate, you know, I was putting a lot of pressure on myself. I'm not letting things come to me. I'm not trusting in the universe or myself. I'm trying to very, in a calculating way, in a very like work ethic manner. You mean a very masculine way? In a very masculine way. (laughs) Trying trying to achieve, like making this whatever, Mm -hmm. however many steps, this plan that will inevitably lead me to what I want. But, you know, I was crushing myself really in the process. Yeah, beautiful. And that's like, you know, a lot of women ask, well, how do you get into your feminine or how do you practice that? Well, that's what one of the biggest aspects that you're just describing is that idea of, you know, it's letting go of that idea that you have that like your path is always linear and you have to check the boxes. And if you're not, that something is wrong, that, you know, you're on a timeline and you have to go fast and, you know, go, 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 push, push, push. And so one of the biggest shifts, yeah, is is that it's just getting to the space. Well, what if there's no goal here? You know, what if we don't need to check a box or get an A or get a little star, you know, for, for our achievements? What, what would that be like? Yeah. Beautiful. Any other high moments you want to share? Yeah. So I think connecting to that, the idea that, and I've had people tell me in the past, you're so in your head, like get out of your head. And until this program, I didn't know there was an option. I thought that was, that was it. Mm. Like what my head is telling me, I mean, right. It has to be right. Like if I have this complex problem in my head or I look back, you know, I would wake up literally, or I I couldn't go to sleep at night because I would be thinking about what I said in this situation or what this person said. And what if I said something different or what if they said something different or, you know, Mm. it was like, I, I was a crazy person just trying to calculate social dynamics and trying to make things happen that I wanted to happen. And then I was like, what would happen if I just stopped? And the claimed program really showed me that there's a difference between being in your head because it's all about being in your body. And for me, at first, that was surprising and intimidating because it was almost like, well, what about all the things? What about all the unsolved Mm-hmm. equations in my head that are just like mm-hmm. on a nonstop loop. I think I felt that I had to fix that. I felt like if I could think it, I need to fix it. And now I know, and that was the biggest change for me, a hundred percent. Now I know that just because I think it, it doesn't mean I have to fix it. And the flow has really helped me with that because I've noticed notice now, now when something happens, I can feel that if I think about it in a certain way, my body reacts to it. So your thoughts create these emotions and these feelings in your body. And that's what the flow kind of frees you of. Like when you can move without judgment, without expectation, you inevitably feel different afterwards. Mm -hmm. And that's what 
letting go and, and doing the feminine flow has given me because I realized I don't have to live inside my head just because I have a thought or just because something didn't work out. It doesn't mean that I have to fix it. It doesn't mean that I have to come up with a solution. Um, whereas in the past, it would go, you know, I, I would go to the ends of the earth to try to fix something that I thought I created when in reality, Mm-hmm. It just wasn't, you know, I yeah. couldn't let things be. I was like, I so have give to. us an example of that. Like, let's say yeah. a situation that happens now and where you're like in it, but now, you know, you don't need to do anything about it, maybe or not fix it. What is the solution? So we know, like, how does that look in practical terms? Sure. Well, I, the first example that came to mind when you said that this happened a few years ago, but I was in college actually when this happened, but I had met somebody that I was going abroad to London. It was my first time out of the country. I was very excited. And I was introduced to somebody in the program who I thought was cute. And I, I was like, Oh, cool. I should be friends with him and whatever. And so he, um, at the time at my, at my college, they had sort of a transportation system and he drove, he drove the van for that transportation system. And I, he was like, Oh, you should just hop in my van. Like I can drive you. And I was like, oh, no, I signed up for a different one because I had. And so I hopped in the different one. The entire ride, it's like half an hour between campuses. I was thinking, like, why the fuck didn't I just go in his van? He was telling me to ride with him. I should have just gone there because then. And that's the thing. You you hinge. I hinged all of these, like, decisions that I made onto these outcomes. Mm-hmm. Like, if I had just ridden with him, we would have gotten to know each other. Maybe we would date. We would go on whatever romantic trips to Paris. Like who the fuck? Hello, your <laughs> eye roll. They were like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like yeah, you know, you're talking to different versions of yourself, and you're like, "Oh, sweetie," like, <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> You'll get married, but um, you know, it's just funny because so when we we arrived back at campus, and I went back to my my dorm room at the time. And I was like, I couldn't let it go. I absolutely could not let it go. I had to fix it. There was no way I could go to sleep that night knowing that I fucked that up. Like I couldn't. So what I did, because I knew the transportation system still were running, I went back to it because I was like, he's probably still driving. And I went back there and I saw him and I was like, oh my God, I forgot my laptop at the other campus. So I have to go back. Like, I'm so like, can you drive me there? And he was like, oh, yeah, of course. So he drove me there. I was the only one in the van. We were talking. It was fine. It wasn't life changing. <laughs> like we talked about whatever. We were both English majors and, and we talked about books. We talked about London, whatever. And I get back. He was like, OK, I'll wait for you out here. Go grab your laptop. So I grab my bag. I go inside. I think I used the bathroom. I was like hanging out a little bit. And then I went back, I ran back to the van and I was like, okay, I got it. Thank you so much. Like I, I just made up this whole story to him. Like I lied completely because I just felt that, you know, I needed this time because I missed out on it and this whole thing. And I don't even, I don't even know him now. Like We got our separate, like we had, you know, I, we were friends at the time, but I, it doesn't matter. Like nothing, mm-hmm. no outcome was dependent on that complete story. So I always felt like I needed to make things make sense. And, you know, I needed to apologize that I didn't 
I didn't take him up on his offer. I needed to fix things and I needed to make up for things. Um, and mm-hmm. that is something that now I just, it's not that I don't feel it. Um, but I know that I'm just like, let it go. It's fine. Like it doesn't mean anything. Things don't necessarily, you know, you assign meaning to things because you think that it's the be all and end all. But now I'm sort of like, no, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. And, and you stand, I feel so much more like I stand strong in my decisions. And so even if those decisions, I look back and I'm like, oh, I could have done it differently. I don't beat myself up for it. Mm. Whereas before I was like, I wouldn't forgive myself yeah. because of this potential outcome that could have happened. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it feels like a different lifetime, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. So I love that we're talking about Laura, your transformation inside and you as a woman getting out of your head and not checking boxes and all of that. And, you know, women listening are probably like, what does that have to do with men? Like, tell me about what's your, what's her men's situation, you know, but as, and I love this, that you haven't even talked about the men that much because, you know, this whole journey and you, and I know where you are in the program and you, we haven't even gotten to the men because really most of the work that we do and you so beautifully described, it's not about the men, it's about you. You know, and once you go through this transformation of getting out of your head, checking your boxes, just not thinking, overthinking, how many women are so much in their head about, and, you know, we obviously work through that in the group, like, he didn't call, he ghosted me, what do I do, what does this mean, you know, like, trying to figure out, and the steps to actually, like, really getting out of your head and understanding and realizing, and first of all, you feel, because it's shitty when somebody's rejecting you, but really, it's coming to know yourself, standing strong in your own being that you know that that's not what he did or didn't do or what men do and how they show up is not a reflection of who you are. And so getting out of your head like that and having tools and practices that can help you just stay grounded and allowing to let go, it creates that polarity. It creates that sense of like, yeah, this well, something's different about this woman. She's not going crazy if I didn't call her for like two days, you know? So, but let's talk about the men, Laura, because I think that that's <laughs> the last thing that we're going to talk about. So I know that you are, you're not kind of there yet in terms of going through a whole module about, you know, creating a dating funnel of intention. But I know that you've had some experiences that have been very different from what you've experienced before. So bring us up to speed in terms of, well, what changed for you maybe in your dating life or your relation to men or how do they relate to you? Yeah, totally. I think for me, a big realization was that I had a lot of guy friends, as people call them, um, that I thought I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I grew up with brothers. I can have guy friends and and it's healthy. But I realized that like 100 percent of the guy friends that I had had, if not 100, like 99 percent, I had had feelings for. And I had <laughs> I was holding these like deep, 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 deep to the point where I wouldn't admit them to myself. Mm. Deep feelings that no, it's going to happen. Something's going to happen. It'll be like a movie where, you know, the best friend (laughs) turns out to be the boyfriend. I hate those movies. Like (laughs) why? But you know, I I just felt that that would happen. And so literally after uh, my first one-on-one call with Camilla, once I joined the program, it was that day. And this is like, I mean, this is how I know that this shit works because 
I had had a call with her and I had made plans with somebody that I have been friends with for years. And he was a guy that I just felt like, you know what? And after the call with Camilla, I was like, I'm going to tell him how I feel. And I think because in my most optimistic, you know, kind of fantasy world, I was like, he's going to feel the same way. But in my body, I felt like when I was very grounded, I was like, you need to tell him how you feel because you need to hear that he doesn't feel that way. And then you can move on. And I don't think you always need somebody to tell you, you know, for, I don't really think, I think closure is within you and closure is how, you know, mm-hmm. it, you always give it to yourself. But that's what happened. I told him how I felt and he kind of laughed about it. And he was like, I didn't even tell him I was in love with him. And he was like, oh, thank God. I thought you were going to tell me you were in love with me. And I was like, <laughs> like, it was like somebody stabbed me. And I was like, no, no, I wasn't going to say that. And the next day I grieved. I cried. I was surprised at how heartbroken I felt. But it was a growing experience for me because I realized that I was trying to find intimacy with men in my own way. And that was through these friendships. And so the guys that I actually dated, it was like, again, it was kind of like checking boxes. I had had a boyfriend for about a year before this and you know I always just felt kind of like it was a box like it was oh we're going out like it was something to do it wasn't somebody that I felt like I could see myself growing with I could see myself learning from him or um, having this deep experience that I knew I wanted and so experiences like that kind of made me doubt that those could exist like if I haven't seen it if I haven't experienced it where is it it doesn't exist. But because I was settling for things that I knew deep down, I didn't really want, I was never going to see those things. And so I eventually ended up before the program, I had broken up with this boyfriend and I was like cutting off communication. And I was kind of making the hard decisions I needed to. And I didn't know why. Um, but once I started the program, I really felt that I was ready to date again. And so one of the limiting beliefs that I explored was about dating apps because I always felt the dating apps were just like the worst, (laughs) um, you know, and then I thought, you know what, after doing the program, I was like, I'm on a dating app. I'm not the worst. (laughs) Like that means that there has to be other people Mm. in dating apps. So I became more open to it. And after honestly talking with a lot of the other women in the program who have used dating apps and how they approach it, it helped inform kind of my decisions about how to approach it. Like in the past, I probably would have been swiping nonstop, you know, yes to this one, no to this one. And most based off how they look, obviously, because it's, you see their pictures and, and whatever. Um, but somebody actually suggested in the group to just let the ones that like you come to you and kind of explore it from a feminine way mm-hmm. and not feel like you have to lead the conversation in the past. And I learned it from the program. I was treating dates like job interviews. I was like, so what do you do? <laughs> so what are your ambitions? What's your five-year plan? Like, yeah. you know, just these crazy kind of, and <laughs> not in those words, but just very much like, all right, let's do this. What, what are you about? Um, and then through this advice that I got through the program and through the other women, I had two dates actually at the end of 2020, so kind of recently, and even in those conversations, I was like, let's explore what the feminine would be in this situation. So for instance, one of the guys was asking me a bunch of questions 
and the questions didn't seem to stop. And it was like, so what do you do? What do you like? What kind of music do you listen to? What are you interested in? And I just kept thinking, oh my God, like, shut up. I don't care. <laughs> and I was like, well, I want a guy who's interested. So I kind of explored it in a way I was like, oh, I'm used to answering these questions on the first date and put a little like emoji or whatever, just in a playful way. And he answered, oh yeah, my next question was going to be like, do you want to go on a date? And he suggested this place that I knew was kind of like a smoothie place. And I was like, that's not a place forever. So in the past, I would have been like, no, we're going here. This is a better place. Mm. And instead, I was like, you know what, Laura, just be like, all right, like it is what it is. And then the next, without even saying anything, the next day, he was like, you know what? I was thinking about it. And I think that we'll go here instead. And it was this really nice restaurant and he made reservations. And I was like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> so it was almost like what I didn't say spoke more volumes than what I did say. Because when I tried to, and I see it not only with men on Hinge, but like with people in my life. Like if I try to tell them like, no, you should do this. And, you know, when you try to like really manage things, it's, it's a non-starter. People don't want to be told what to do. Men especially don't want to be told what to do. And the man that I want ultimately doesn't want to be told what to do. And in my old relationship, that's what it was. I told him what to do and he would do it. And I didn't like it. And I didn't know why. Um, mm -hmm. But it's because you can respect a man who is strong in his masculinity and who makes the decisions. Um, yeah. But you can feminine way like express what you want yeah so you're definitely seeing that shift in the dynamic once you kind of lean back and just explore and come from a place of curiosity and really playfulness you can see the men stepping up and you, you can see your dynamics your dating dynamics change of course that's all that's very very helpful when you're not checking boxes when you're out of your head and uh, you know just building on on the work that you've been doing on yourself so we're going to finish up here laura i'd love to have you again after you complete the program and then you can tell us more stories <laughs> so my last question to you is you know there's a lot of women listening and watching and you know who perhaps have been following my work or maybe this is the first time that they hear about it so what would you tell a woman who perhaps has been in your situation or is, well, is in your situation right now? You know, maybe she's feeling overwhelmed. Something isn't clicking. You know, her dating life is like all over the place. She's attracting either feminine men or assholes. What would you tell her about, in general, why would you recommend, you know, watching the webinar, getting on a discovery call, most importantly, signing up um, for the program and going through this journey? Yeah, I think um, my advice would be that other women have been through it. Like you will probably not be through something like that, that, that other women can't relate to. And that was my biggest realization when I joined the group and when other women were speaking and commenting on what I said, it was like, I wish I knew there was a community that felt that way the whole time. Because now that I have it, you know, even when I show up for calls and I hear other women speak, I get so much fulfillment out of it because I'm like, yes, I hear you. I've been there or I can relate to that. And, you know, it's just, it's so valuable to have a community of women because I always thought anything that I wanted, I could do it by myself. And that's all I needed. I, I don't need anyone else. That's how we're taught now as women. Like you don't need anyone, just do it. And I don't believe in that anymore. I just really don't like with anything, 
like even I approach work differently. I approach everything differently. And I'm like, if I'm the, if I feel like I'm doing it all, I know that I need to take a step back and, and see what's going on because there's no need to put so much pressure on yourself to figure it out. And so that's why I would recommend that women just open their eyes to the other women around them who are experiencing the same things and who have the same blocks and who recognize that, you know, there's so much more of themselves that they could be loving right now and that they're not giving enough to themselves. So I would say that. Mm, beautiful. All right, Laura, thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming um, to the podcast and uh, sharing your story. And of course, our work continues with you because you're still in it. You're still in the process. Um, and yeah, uh, hopefully we'll, we'll speak again when you've gone through the whole process and then you can look back as you've taken all the steps and uh, we'll talk about more stories and more transformations. Thank you. Yes, thank you, Anna. Look forward to it. All right, girlfriends, hope you enjoyed listening or watching to this episode. And if you did, and if you resonate with most of the things I'm saying, and you want to learn more, and you want to finally start attracting masculine men, I have an invitation for you. So as you know, I am committed and passionate about helping successful women attract and keep committed masculine men. So I have a personal invitation for you. If you're resonating with everything and you're ready to step up and invest in yourself and take things to the next level, I would love, love, love to talk to you and see if you would be a fit for my work and what I do. And so basically what I'm doing is I'm inviting you and it's a personal invitation if you, only if you resonate because I don't work for, with everyone and I'm not here to just, you know, make a quick buck and whatever. I'm here and committed to your result and I will make sure that we go until the end and that we get you the result that you want which is start attracting better men so I invite you to sign up to actually apply for a free discovery call with me it's a call that is one hour long and what we do is we talk about your current situation where you are today and what's wrong quote-unquote wrong with your dynamics with men what you don't like and then we're going to talk about what you really want and where you want to get and at the end if I find that that's a good fit I'll tell you what I do and I'll offer you to join us and uh, how we could work together so just to give you a bit of context this is this experience is all about and what I'm going to offer to only if I find that that's a good fit is about number one putting yourself in the best position to start attracting committed masculine men and not through tactics and techniques or tips tricks whatever but just by being you and understanding and appreciating men thus creating a deeper relationship with yourself as a feminine essence woman and attract better committed masculine men number two it's all about letting go of overworking perfectionism and the need to control by overcoming your limiting beliefs patterns and obstacles to rediscover your worth and enoughness and rebuilding your faith in your own voice in your own decisions and exploring your boundaries and so on and so on number three it's all about letting your body lead stop overthinking and start trusting your gut and your heart when it comes to making decisions expanding and embracing your range of emotions cultivating sense of 
awareness and pleasure and feeling more without apologizing for it. And I know if you're here, you understand and you know that the path to your masculine man who is a conscious, healthy man is through you, is through embracing your feminine nature, is through running with the wolves and embracing your wild feminine side and actually gaining power from it. And a healthy masculine man will only be attracted to that if you get to that place yourself. And last but not least, it's all about becoming deeply connected to yourself as a woman. Understand what true femininity is, exploring deeper levels of intimacy, and finally becoming free, lighter, and open. Embracing basically the feminine side of polarity, because again, this is what your masculine man wants. And it's all about stop living in the masculine energy by pushing, doing, and choosing all the time and start living in joy, freedom, and your wild nature where you can surrender, where you can finally let go. Trust me, this is an amazing place to be and it's easy and joyful and it feels natural and feels like a woman. So if you resonate, go to girlskill.com apply and there's going to be a short survey, step one. Just apply there and then the next step is to schedule a call with me. It's going to be an hour. We have fun on this call, so I hope to see you there. And my, my calendar is booked for another, I mean, booked. My calendar is open for another week. So go ahead and do that. If you don't see times that are available for you, make sure you email me because I'll always make time for you to make sure that you get your spot. All right, girlfriend, keep running with wolves and I'll see you next week. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs>